Hey everybody, it's Blair Johnson with the Badass Records Podcast. Letting you know that today's guest, Billy Brady, can be heard tomorrow morning on 90.1 KKFI FM radio here in Kansas City. And seen tomorrow night at Lemonade Park with the Whiskey Mash Band. That's tomorrow morning, Friday, May 5th on KKFI 90.1 FM around 10 o'clock a.m. Perhaps as part of the Tasty Brew radio show. And tomorrow evening, live with special guest Front Porch at Lemonade Park in the West Bottoms at 1638 Wyoming. Tickets available at LemonadeParkKC.com or at the door. Thank you for stopping by. Okay, so uh, we'll be looking at episode 64 then of Badass Records Podcast, um, where we talk about uh, a little bit about your story and a little bit about some of your favorite music and uh, hanging out with Billy Brady. How's it going? Good, man. Good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Um, And uh, as uh, we were talking just a second ago, we we know each other through uh ian hollowell the cheeto flow um speedy rec- wishing a speedy recovery to him and mm-hmm. uh mid mid-may doesn't sound too too bad in, in terms of what you might initially think of when you think of a, a an injury like that yeah so for sure that's Luckily he's still strong and young right right, right. i don't know uh if his um gofundme is still do those have a do you have to set a closing window or can you leave uh, it open? You know, I've never done one before, but it last I checked it's still up. Still there. up. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if you're so inclined, I think you can find it uh on his Facebook page yep. at least. Yep. Pro- probably maybe his Instagram too. Um but yeah, if you have a couple bucks you can throw an out of work and recovering guy. Uh it would be a nice gesture. But uh anyway, um thanks again for being here. Yeah. Um so uh, let's before we'll dive in a little deeper, but before we get too far, uh, if you wouldn't mind talking, uh, whiskey mash and helping friendly mm-hmm. and, and where, if anywhere stuff can be found online and, and where you can be seen live. Yeah. Uh, well, whiskey mash band, uh, we have, uh, a single that we put out in 21 and we put out an EP last July of 22 nice so we have six songs out there in the worldwide webs do you have a band camp is that where they uh no it's on spotify spotify okay Apple music okay uh, nice youtube all that stuff yeah um is it uh is that a situation where with enough streams or downloads it would generate revenue for yeah it, it hasn't yet right i mean we i think Right now we have like close to like ninety five or hundred monthly listeners. Okay, cool. Um, Got to start somewhere. Yeah, <clears throat> yep. Uh, so hopefully this summer we can generate more and uh, trying to create our next album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, an album, full album. Full. Okay, okay. The EP was only five songs. Um, and yeah. when did you record it? Uh, it was last June. Okay. 
and then we put it out in July. And where'd you do it? At a home studio in Smithville, Missouri. North by by, by Parkville? Is that? Oh, I mean, it's, yeah. So I mean, it's close. North. It's north. Yeah. It's straight 169. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. North of Parkville. Sure, though, sure. Quite yeah. Almost, like 20 minutes. Um, I think that's where uh, Jonathan Justice's Justice Drugstore used to be, uh, chef okay. slash restaurant. Um, that was really, really, really nice. Um, I mean, like all of the mixers and like everything was from scratch and Mm -hmm. he would do table, but you know, you're talking minimum three hours round trip to go have the experience come home. Um, but anyway, uh, is, was that, is that a cozy space? Comfortable? Yeah. Studio spot. Uh, the, uh, guy, practically produced the album like he and recorded it for us his name's james albright he's a jazz bass player okay nice um coached us in certain positions whereas we just kind of went and recorded it live and then okay plugged in a few things nice here so i mean uh the what you think of old-fashioned wise like one two and yeah, one, two, and, we, and then we everybody took uh, multiple takes on certain tracks, and sure. some of them we took the first one. Okay, and uh, the like Winfield Bound, uh, the first song I recorded, I was doing a pretty much a scratch track for the vocals. Okay, and I ended up trying to sing the same part later, and we were like, "All right, actually, we're just going to use the scratch for the song." Nice, like the one that I wasn't even thinking we we're going to use. Winfield Bound does that, does that mean you guys have have done Winfield? Yeah, nice. We did Winfield last year. Okay. We won the band competition hey, in 2022. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, is that a thing? That's an invite thing, right? You can't just like try to sign yourself up for it. Oh, uh, we signed up. For, oh, it was you, a sign up okay. band competition. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. But I mean, if you're, uh, uh, I don't, are there multiple stages? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to be billed. You know, or, or is that is that an invite thing, or is, is yeah? yeah. Uh, okay. So I mean, we won the competition, and they gave us um, a couple spots, and then a month in, they gave us two more. So we were we had four live performances. Cool. There last September. Nice. And uh, does that mean if you if you gig at Winfield, you get do you get a take of tickets, or is it just we got tickets and we got paid? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, so <laughs> the, the, uh, that's a long stay not to get paid uh, or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, how was the weather? Hot. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's what you expect, um, in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, middle of Kansas. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated, uh, in the recording, uh, process and just in terms of like, <clears throat> you know, doing these episodes where people, you know, give me a couple of, and then I look up the stuff and it's like, uh, oh, things were great for records one through three. And then by the time they're recording for four, they're all in their own rooms mm-hmm. and they're all kind of just recording their own pieces. And then somebody's the producer is putting it together because yeah. they don't like get along anymore or whatever the case <laughs> may be. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a very disconnected way to create an album. Well, uh, you kind of have to solidify or, you know, keep some people away from the room. Like, uh, certain instruments will bleed, so you can't overdub it. Ah. Or, like, solos. Like sure. Like, fiddle. 
we kind of learned that lesson. Um, we did the fiddle live, and he couldn't go back and fix any of his parts. Really? Because it bled into the other instruments in the room, and the bass we were able to fix because we put them in a booth. Okay, okay. Um, so would that that be the same as if, like, uh, my then, voice is picking up on your mic kind of thing? Okay. Yeah, Okay. so banjo, fiddle, uh, they were kind of just out. And like we were, and the mandolin player and myself on the guitar, uh, we were able to kind of go back and fix some parts. Okay, all right. Um, so is the full length thing uh, still in the in the writing process? Is is do you have? Yeah. Ma- okay. Still in the writing process. So are you guys? Uh, you guys get together and gig like every week or on some kind of schedule? Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually weekly. We've been kind of slowing down a little bit, but we. Uh, have you know this gig coming up lemonade park and festivals um so we're not really in as many bars as we were weekly which is kind of a nice brush you know absolutely yeah you gotta gotta keep it fresh i would imagine yeah um well that's exciting uh and then where do you have any idea where you might record it will you go back to the place in smithville or Oh, we've been talking about the place in Smithville, or uh, there's a couple options. I like there's a spot in North Carolina that I like. Been thinking about going out there because if we can do what we did last time, knock it out in a day or two. Okay. Go to a really nice yeah venue and you know go with the best quality studio space we <laughs> yeah. can find. You're right. Yeah, because it all adds up. I mean. You, they're all expensive, I, so you might as well go somewhere comfortable and with right professionals in what our genre. You yeah, know, find some people that understand bluegrass. Sure. You know. Um, now, is that a situation where uh, you could write off the spend as well as the travel expenses and so forth, or uh, does everybody just kind of have to take that lump and and keep going forward? We'll just probably have to take that lump and go forward. Okay. We're not. We don't have the money for that, but then again, I. I've got some ideas to kind of raise some money. Okay, that. cool. And trying to sell merch like half off this next gig and just try to get some money coming in so we can do something with it. Okay. You know, you guys um, have merch at all your gigs and yeah. who is, is somebody in charge of running it or do you take turns or? Uh, I pretty much do that. Okay. Um, and we have a, you know, a company called Mound Creative here, here local here in town. They, make our t-shirts uh we have a place in north kansas city that make ball caps and okay. flasks nice whiskey mash fans heck yeah flasks, heck yeah stickers we got hat pins you know little things like that so uh you place like bulk orders with all of them and you store it somewhere and then somebody's gotta take it to the pretty, pretty much okay yeah it's all bulked up in my basement okay <laughs> okay um ready for the next gig sure yep ready for somebody to buy a t-shirt or two so you're loading in and out your stuff your guitar your uh, and all the merch yeah okay okay mm-hmm. um my curiosity uh, comes from yeah i uh gosh uh i don't know 15 episodes ago maybe i, I got a merch store online like mm-hmm. up and running and it's uh i uh, was afraid of having to be having to do just that, you know, buy X number of all the things in the different sizes and call it blah, 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 and store it. And, and there's a, uh, uh, 
portion of the uh, website has a like a print to order thing, mm-hmm. and I, I just randomly came across it, and uh, I was like, "That's literally I'm gonna have zero to do with any of it unless there's an issue and I have to get in and fix something or." Or whatever, but as it stands now, like, you know, you go in and get a t-shirt or a coffee mug or whatever, and then it gets created and sent to you. And yeah. It's, thank goodness. I mean, I, I, that's another thing to, you it's know. It's another thing to worry about, and it's another thing that costs money that you don't have coming from anywhere. No, so, it's like. Uh, you know, this is, it's a joy job, but at yep. the same time, it's, uh, we want it to get to a point where it's lucrative. Right. You know, but right. I mean, I, I, I always think of um, dry storage in a restaurant. Uh, you know, you typically in your traditional decent sized spot, you got a refrigerated zone and a freezer zone and a dry, dry storage. Zone. And uh, the, the fridge, you're turning the merchandise over, you know, fairly quickly. The freezer a little bit slower, but dry storage uh you know there's a i mean so many things just in the takeout department so you got to have this big big spend happening all the time and catch the revenue or the profit on the yeah. backside after the sale and it's like oh, a lot yeah, of a lot of money to pony up gotta hope to sell it and you know hope that you get to big gigs right the small ones don't sell um so is there so there there is an uh an online place where you, one can find whiskey mash uh merch or no um not online okay or we're still working on that um i was using my old website billybluegrass.com okay. forever and in the last recent months three to four months i got the whiskey mash band.com up just focusing on that project so We've literally just gotten our music on there, con- okay. way to contact us and our show schedule. Sure. And the next thing is uh, merchandise. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how did you, how many guys are there in the or how many folks are in the in in the uh, whiskey mash and how did Five. you guys come together? Well, um, I started the project in 2019, um, and the bass player came on shortly after. Um, and I was kind of shuffling through different musicians up to the point to where it is now. Okay. Um, and I have a solid five core of musicians. Um, myself, Dan Perez on bass, uh, John Gleason on mandolin, Stosh Haney on fiddle, and, um, well, I say core five. My banjo players left. We have we're using Matt Brewer now, but our solid banjo player before then was David Megley and Dan Johnson. Okay. So we we've been you know rotating into sure. people. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, tell me a little bit about uh, helping Friendly Grass Band. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. It's just it's a fun project that uh, came out of Winfield. Nice. About, the same year I started Whiskey Mash Band, uh, Dustin Gill and Dan, who plays bass in my band, kind of got it off the ground, and and I've been stepping in playing guitar since. Um, and it's an acoustic project, but right. now we just had a rehearsal with drums, keys. Oh shit! 
and I was like, all right, well, this is changing like rapidly. Yeah. So uh, when you were an acoustic pro, like how many is, is, are you covering exclusively fish or? Yeah. And we'll do some of their popular covers. Okay. Nice. Yeah. A little sneaking, little, uh, a little sneaking Sally. I mean, yep. it's a huge list. Um, so yeah. how many, um, fish songs, Trey songs, whatever, um, did you confidently have under your belt before you were like, yeah, I could do that. Well, could... not any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? All Trey, just right? on the fly? It's Trey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, I just cut, I kind of go at it with my own style. Okay. Um, but uh, this week I've been kind of trying to play some of his runs and I'm just like, oh my God, that's what he does. Like he's crazy. It's fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He is um, gifted beyond words. Yeah. Um, you know, there's um, a lot of guitarists just, just if you want to only look through the lens of American rock. There's so many that you could talk for hours on end, and uh, there are elements that you know, kind of, sort of link them all together, and elements that distinguish them from one another. Um, but I really, truly don't think that there's ever been anyone quite like Trey. Um, and he'll say that about Jerry Garcia, too. right? You know, there's no one like Jerry. Yeah, yeah. So he he captured a lot of what he was thrown down. I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, I have, I quickly learned, um, that this is only a thing that I could say in, in certain company, but I mean, to me, they're, uh, the greatest band in American rock history. And like, you know, when I have said that casually off the cuff, people <laughs> literally yeah. look at me like I'm insane and I'm like, I just, uh, okay, well you just, you don't know. Uh-huh. You don't know. I'm sorry, but you well, don't know what probably, you're talking. You know who knows who they're thinking of. You know, like, right? They're probably maybe thinking going back to Almond Brothers, right? Or, yeah, somebody big like that. You know, there's there's a lot of musicians that I grew up listening to, and I didn't put into picture that they weren't American. You know, right? Like Eric Clapton for a while. Yeah, right? yep. You know, you, when you're young, you don't know. <laughs> no, no. Like I remember, um, well still but you know mostly this is in the past but being completely confounded at the notion that um i can perfectly understand bob marley when he sings Mm -hmm. but to listen to him speak in an interview or whatever it's like i maybe got 40 percent of those words and it's it's, (laughs) it's, yeah 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 (laughs) same with um uh actors you know you see them Mm -hmm. Uh, like a British actor that you see play an American role and then you see him interviewed and you're like, wait, what? I had no idea. That's crazy. Um, but you, uh, are you born and raised KC? <coughs> yes, sir. Okay. Uh, born here. Uh, grew up in a small town called Dearborn. Okay. For a while. And my parents moved back to the city when I was pretty young. Nice. Uh, you have siblings? <coughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, brother and sister. Okay, and where? What are the? What's the age? Older brother. I'm the middle. Okay, and I have a younger sister. Okay, yeah. Um. Now, uh, are there 
middle child stereotypes that you have found to be either accurate or completely false or somewhere in, in the middle or uh you know i honestly don't even really think about it okay i've always just kind of didn't do my thing being right my family yeah you know? right on i'm um, sure there are yeah you know? yeah i'm uh probably put to work more <laughs> <laughs> right right um how did uh, mom and dad meet uh, they met at the Alameda Plaza in, on, on the plaza, what is now the Intercontinental. Yeah. So my mom. Is it worked. still even that? Is it? It's, I think so. It's the okay. Okay. Didn't change yeah. again. No. Yeah. And they got married in 1981. Okay. Mother came in 83. Okay. Um, yeah. and are they, are they still around and together mm-hmm. and everybody's doing well and yep good We're still around good doing well um uh, we you know have family outings and go out barbecues and nice uh they come yeah. and they come see a gig ever or yeah nice my folks come out and play or play they come out and see shows cool yeah um did do do you have uh memories of them putting on music in the home when you were little yeah, they played like Ray Charles, okay, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, nice. You know, uh, um, yeah. You, I, I kind of, I found the jam world in bluegrass myself. Okay, they weren't into that, right? So, <laughs> um, did uh, did you do you know if you had uh, an album that was uh, a first love for you or a first acquisition to begin your collection or? Uh, you know, the out, the band of gypsies was one that always resonated to me cause it was out of his Jimi Hendrix wheelhouse. Right. Uh, it was just really cool. It was only like five tracks yeah. of them or something. Um, I fell in love with Billy breathes and farmhouse, the string cheese incident carnival 99. Okay. Nice. Uh, album really resonated cause it was just like heavy bluegrass yeah like they were playing real fast bluegrass oh yeah and jammed and i really like the the different tones they sure set, yeah you know uh how about a first show tom petty really at sandstone sandstone okay what yeah. tour i couldn't tell you okay <laughs> i was 17 16 or 17 okay so you're besides seeing like some small like that was my first show okay yeah nice that's a good one Mm-hmm. Um, so Stevie Ray, Ray Charles, Jimi Hendrix, um, you did Street. mention a, yeah. a lot of, you had a, a lot of hip hop yeah, phase. Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah. I, I had a big hip hop phase okay. in high school. Okay. Um, I think everybody did. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Hip hop or rap or a yeah. mix of the two. Um, and then you say you discovered the jam band scene on your own. How did that come to be? Uh, high school through friends that I, Started playing music with. Okay. Um, you know, they first it was, you know, we listened to stuff like Herbie Hancock and jazz and then, yeah. uh, cheese and fish was really kind of the next level, um, of jam improvisation. Sure. You know? So, then, so how old were you when you first picked up an instrument? Oh, uh, well, I was pretty young. Um, I had a guitar in my bedroom, but I didn't really play it until i was like 15 okay and yeah. then are you 
taking lessons? Are you self-taught? Some kind of combination? Uh, or? Combination. Okay. Yeah. I had a lot of teachers, um, but I was moving around a lot and going to school, so I didn't really like stick around with each teacher for very long. I hear you. Yeah. Is that because the family's moving a bunch or? Well, I didn't start taking lessons until probably like my senior year of high school and then with school and then going to college. I found another teacher in college for a year. Okay. I only stuck around at Northwest Missouri State for two years, moved to Florida, and then I played in a reggae band down there. Oh, really? For a little while and then. Move back. Sure. Um, Northwest Missouri State. uh, That's not Kirksville. No. Maryville. Maryville. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go from there to Florida. Was that a a whim of a move or or switching schools? My cousin lived down there. Okay. And he had a spot for us, essentially. Like we moved down to like close to Clearwater Beach. Okay. And. You know, I did two years of college, and I, I didn't have a, an idea of what I wanted from a major, so I just split. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, I mean, it's a box they make you check. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I pretty much just like was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember distinctively um, freshman year uh, being like, really? You know, and I, I was not like an ultra yeah. insightful 18-year-old well, person. but So I spent two years there. And then when I wanted to go to a different school, uh, I had to do a lot of those general ed education at a different school. So I went back and finished college there because it made sense. Okay. And, you know, I couldn't do all those classes again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I remember there being this notion of, yeah, just you declare something and then you can change later. And then yeah. I changed schools. I moved out to Colorado, uh, took a year off and, and then it came to that point again. It's like you declare and it's like, seriously with it. And they're like, don't worry about it. Uh, you can change. And I was like, well, I'm going to, uh, okay, here. So here. And then, yeah, it's just like, again, just this idea of knowing or being expected to know at, 18 19 even 20 like yeah this is this is what i want to do right i don't know uh i mean obviously there are people that that works for they're they're pushed a certain direction right you know that that is the problem i mean it's not a problem but it's hard to find what you want to do so if you you really have to think about it when you're 18 years old you don't think about it no um so I bought myself a guitar, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Took lessons mm-hmm. for a little while. Um, and uh, I wasn't sloppy. Like, I, you know, uh, I had a, a very, very rough understanding of how the instrument should work when played well and was given a lot of uh, rudimentary uh, exercises. Um, so I, I kind of developed a little bit of muscle memory. Um, so it's like, I, I could see that there would one day be like light at the end of the tunnel to where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bad, but I never had the discipline. 
to sit down and do an hour a day, two hours, whatever it is, you know, I just would noodle and then put it away and I don't know, do something else. Um, did, did you, were you somebody that had that kind of discipline to sit down and practice and sort of hone your skill even young or? I definitely figured out practice like a while ago and I would just, it was repetition. So I'd work on one thing over and over again. And I don't have that discipline like I used to right? anymore. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, but yeah, I just, I remember even just like trying to play basic country chords and keeping it like solid, tight, like rhythm, like you're listening to a record, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And that that's probably that was the hardest part. Yeah. Um, how was playing in a reggae band? Pretty fun. Was it? Yeah. And for, I, had a, I played electric guitar and okay. played rhythm. I yeah, was the rhythm guy, and I'd say some vocal, like sure. some background vocals, yeah. but it was it was pretty fun, pretty uh, stress free. I was just telling this story the other day. I was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when I um, I kind of ha had two. Uh, I worked in two uh, primary restaurants uh, through college. One was kind of like most of sophomore and junior year and then I moved to another one and I was at that one beyond graduation but the first one uh and I you know I was kind of the the lead PM person I had five closes a week on top of my school load but every Thursday night we had a reggae band play and I thought that was I that and now I'm like 20 I'm 20 and uh I'm I'm pretty deep into the Bob Marley discography, you know, in mm -hmm. high school, I just had legend and now I've got all. And, and so I'm, so I'm digging reggae and I think it's cool that I work at a place that's got a reggae band every Thursday. And, uh, I remember, uh, one evening during intermission, I just wound up at the soda fountain at the same time as the guitar player. And I was like, Oh dude, it's so cool. I'll play. And I was like, isn't it, is it super, super cool? And he's like, and I was like, what does that mean? It's like, it's the same shit over and over and over again. I was like, you know, it goes with every type of music too. Like you play the same sets. Like you look at people that play like the Rolling Stones. They did their 50 year. What do you think they think when they're walking out on stage playing? Uh, Start me up or whatever. Start me up. Yeah. I remember getting to a point where I was like, uh, nauseated at the sound of that kicking off Chiefs games. It's like, okay, like, let's move on to something a little different. A little different. But you're like, no, you see, yeah, you're getting nope, started up. Start me up. Um, <laughs> They're going to make you love that song. Yeah. So um, you mentioned uh, Band of Gypsies. Um, Jimi Hendrix, 1970, after the three experience, uh, Jimi Hendrix experience albums are out. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, six songs, 46 minutes. Um, I didn't realize until just reading up on it a little bit, uh, that, uh, he, Jimmy was not like the hugest fan of Noel Redding's playing style, uh, all the way through, up until the and so, so he found somebody different, I think. Yeah, I for think this so. one, I think yeah. Um, I mean, as far as I know, I think he he was working in England a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so then he probably came back to the states and 
started. I think that's where it started. I, I'm not, I don't really know. I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, this, you know, like thinking back to middle school and high school when I really started listening to music and, and buying and was buying uh, cassettes um, as quickly as I could earn the money for them. Uh, the the Jimi Hendrix section um, was always confusing to me because like I knew of the three Are You Experienced albums, but then there's this sort of whole other conglomeration of uh, other records like uh, Radio One and you know, of course a couple of greatest hits compilations and then this one. Um, so uh, I didn't learn until uh, way, way, way long after that that uh, Band of Gypsies um, kind of has a love and an admiration for it that some of those other uh, albums don't. Um, what is it about this one that this made it special for you? Oh, uh, they weren't so cookie cutter. Okay. You know, that it's not so well scripted out song. Right, right. Uh, like the rest of them, like, you know, all of his hits, Voodoo, I mean, Voodoo Child. Voodoo Child. Necessarily scripted, but, you know, it was right. still, it had the same format that they yeah. stuck to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I loved about it. It was like, I think Machine Gun might have been the second song. Yeah. It's a long well, solo. It's like a huge solo. Yeah. I mean, Machine you know? Gun is, the I think, the I one. It's the first song. That one's, like, pretty groovy. And then he steps out into the jam world, you know? Yeah. Uh, machine yeah, gun who is, knows and mach, into machine gun and who knows uh, yeah. I'd forgotten until I put it on for this um, that uh, it's the the riff is um, used in uh, the way we swing by digital digital underground from their 89 sex packets record okay. uh, which is the one that has the humpty dance and so forth Um and that was the record that, you know, I was in my, my cousin and I were both, you know, we kind of uh, left out of the classic rock and, and into our hip hop and rap phase mm -hmm. together. And we would buy, we'd each go buy a cassette and listen to our Walkmans and then swap. And that Digital Underground record was where um, I started recognizing riffs and being like, why do I know this? And then, of course, it's because they're being sampled. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't aware, you know, in 89 or whatever, that sampling was a thing until I heard that record. And, and that riff from uh, who knows, you know, the, the lead off track is it's good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's he's um, he's got there's obviously a uniqueness to his style and crispness to the way that he plays. But he's also got a like a, a tone that I don't think anybody well, has ever. You know, bring that up. I think uh, Trey used to listen to Machine Gun before some shows. Oh, like, for real? Yeah, okay. I saw it in like a video. I don't think it's Bittersweet Motel, but it's funny because like that he loved it because I loved that record. Uh, before even ever hearing Fish, and of course Trey listen to that right you know it probably blew his mind yeah i mean it's good <laughs> it stuff. blew his mind yeah yeah um so uh how often do you i mean do you still go to jimmy records or you know if, if you yeah. feel yeah uh, i'll listen back 
not as much as I used to. Now right. I listen to uh, old timey bluegrass. Nice. Yeah. Who are some staples from? Uh, recently, like Jimmy Martin. You know, I listen to really anything. Uh, I just let it go. But I mean, as far as new artists, uh, Michael Cleveland has been just put out a pretty good album. Uh, obviously, Billy Strings is all over. Did the... you see dates announced today? Yeah, it's during my wedding week. Oh my weekend. gosh. I'm not going to be able to go. 13th and 14th <laughs> uh, in Independence. We're going to have a better party. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But October 13th, 13th and 14th. 14th. Cable yep. Dahmer, Independence. Yep. Uh, two nights. I think t- uh, t- tickets might be going on sale Friday of this week, which yeah. is before this will come out. But um, I've only seen, um, I've seen a couple of Billy clips. But uh, where I've paid the closest attention is when uh, that week last summer where Trey sat in with Goose and then also jammed with Billy. Um, And Kid's got some chops, I mean, to say the least. Yeah, he's very good. They're all very, they're all, like, all those bands are just top. Yeah. Top notch. They're national acts, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm just a local musician. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just a local um just a local local hack right yeah um but he uh he's gotten kind of uh from the first day that i think i heard his name uh up until like right now uh so much praise and people seem to speak very highly of his character too um which is always bringing good music in and you know, making a better name or a bigger name for bluegrass. Right. I mean, he's playing arenas now and playing with Bob Weir, Derek Trucks, right. Bruce, Trey. I yeah. mean, how could you not recognize that? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> Who is it, uh, speaking of bluegrass, um, <sighs> there's not really a scene. I mean, I love bittersweet. Like, I am good for mm-hmm. one viewing a year, probably. Um, I, I love almost the entire thing uh, with every you know fiber in my soul. Uh, but one of my favorite scenes is when uh, the crew is sort of sitting in shotgun of Trey's. Uh, I think it's an Isuzu SUV, mm-hmm. and it's snowy, and Trey's got a, a beanie on, and. Uh, he talks about um, I'm I'm going to be the people say I'm going to be the next Jimi Hendrix and I'm going to be the no, next Jerry Garcia and he's like no you're not I mean uh, yeah. and he says of himself like I grew up uh, you know I'm a kid from New Jersey at the mall and I wear my uh, everything on my sleeve and in, inspiration wise um, but when he's talking about Jerry who does he met does he say to, Elm Curry, who does he say? I can't remember. But he he says like he lists a couple of bluegrass musicians that Jerry was listening to. I think when he was growing uh, up. I don't I don't remember exactly. I remember the quote. Yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, but now I have to go back and right listen right. to what what you're talking about. Um, um, I mean, it could have been Bill Monroe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. He's the, you know, the grandfather. Right. 
right. grass. So you have to recognize him first. Yeah. Have you... Uh, Blue Moon in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> have you uh, Have you ever made your way out to Telluride? Yes. Okay. Um, and been to the festival? Been to the festival twice. Okay. Um, I actually put a couple of uh, our songs on the songwriters uh, competition there this year. Really? So I get to, we, well, I, I'm going myself. Okay. But I find out, I think, May 15th if one of my songs gets selected. Nice. Is it June? Yeah. June. Okay. Yep. Um, and It's a long shot, man. There's a lot of good songwriters out there. Right. That, a lot of which, that's kind of the Mecca, right? Yeah. I mean, how does... Uh, the mecca, blue, yeah, Bluegrass, the Mecca's... Winfield. No, I, I know. I don't know. Right. I mean, what is? I don't know what the mecca is. I have no idea. Uh, Nashville, Winfield, Telluride. I mean, all the big cats are out in Nashville, oh, though. Okay. Okay. Like. Well, maybe there's not one mecca, but more like a holy trinity or a top five or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, only went one year, uh, and for whatever reason, thought that there there was going to be a way for me to get tickets and get in upon arrival and there wasn't. So I was kind of stuck outside. I did get to see Bela Fleck play sort of under a small pavilion outside the grounds, which was really fun and and kind of uh, dialogue-y between him and and the crowd. That was cool. But, uh, you know, uh, mostly all I've ever heard is are amazing things about. Yeah, it's great. You know, um, they bring in such top shelf artists, you know, it's hard not to go there and just enjoy the show. Right. You know, it's like, whereas Winfield, you can kind of like get encompassed in the campground and play with people. And sure. It's like yeah. the complete opposite. Right. So. Um, and so have you thrown down for, for lodging for a weekend in Telluride or? Camp. Okay. Okay. No. Right. I I'm, mean, I'm doing like $20 a night. Yeah. I know. I don't think and, there's. And even then I'm breaking the bank. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think no. if you showed me a list of the cheapest spots, I'd I probably think, still I think camping pass for like what, 80 bucks right. or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's not bad, but you know, you got to sleep in tent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so I want to move to your, uh, next two, but I'm going to break real quick for the restroom. Um, so this next one, and I, I might be going just a touch out of order uh, for for silly reasons, but uh, Carnival 99, String Cheese Incident, two th- year 2000, uh, 15 tracks, 130 minutes, um, and uh, they are, by this point, they have, like, their growth um, just really, really swelled uh kind kind of in the blink of an eye it was um i was in durango for school just just oh, south of telluride cool. so uh yeah. luckily you know i'm there 95 to 98 i lived there th- until 2000 but 95 to 98 was when i was in school um i did a radio show all three years that i was there and that was really when uh string cheese started to kind of get their feet off the ground. Um, at the station we had, uh, born on the wrong planet, their mm-hmm. studio debut. And then, uh, I remember a string cheese incident coming the out, yeah. which had like, 
I mean, Land's Inn and uh, uh, San Jose, and I think, and Pirate, just some really, really amazing tracks. Um, and so I still got a couple of nice. Uh, one of them's got a Telluride. Oh, yeah, this one has a Telluride uh, on the other side. Sheridan Opera House. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, fun one. But those were like uh, a couple of those shows were, you know, five minute walk from my house and I would leave, uh, you know, uh, 15, 20 minutes before doors or whatever, and then just walk right up and, and, you know, be just in awe. Um, you know, I, I think that I've, uh, not so much anymore, but for, for a long time, I think that I was unaware of the fact that I was seeking the, the band that would become that would replace fish or blow my mind in a greater uh fashion michael kang's tone I, that's exactly where i'm going with this i mean was so identical in it, well you know? it's a little jerry sprinkled in little, yeah. and some tray you know um yeah. but they were so freaking incredible also do that on the mandolin yes which is a much smaller yeah. field of um but he, he got it dialed in. He's Michael King is amazing. He is so amazing. Um, and I remember like these these shows, you know, being familiar with uh, Born on the Wrong Planet, and then I started to meet people because Fort Lewis and Durango, there's people all over, from all over the country. I mean, even Alaska and Hawaii. Going, you know, it's a kind of a destination spot i chose it because uh really it was colorado state and fort collins or fort lewis and durango were were like right at a grand uh semester if you had in-state tuition um and obviously i'd heard fantastic things about durango um i was moving down there from estes park so i had already kind of spent a little bit of time in fort collins but um um yeah, so 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 I start meeting people from you know in school and whatever that have like relatively decent sized uh, bootlegs on cassette of string cheese, you know, um, like dozens and dozens. And I but at this time I've got you know quite quite a bit of I I've got a decent bootleg collection, um, you know, some dead and some early mid 60s stuff like uh mickey and the heartbeats and uh a couple jerry band shows but but i've got a lot of fish shows uh and no string cheese shows and all of a sudden people are like cropping up and they've got it's like these guys are fucking here to Mm -hmm. stay um yeah they're great i I haven't seen them in a while actually going to see them um for my birthday okay which is july 11th okay uh my fiance bought tickets for us uh so yeah we it's funny like when we both met we were both into the same kind of music nice that's it's huge uh (laughs) maybe invaluable and irreplaceable. you know you can't swap that out with another uh uh quality Yeah, yeah so she saw a lot of cheese shows we might have been at the same ones you know and Cheese has always been a go-to since yeah. I was young, and is it's another reason why I fell in love with bluegrass, right? You know, and I love 
Trey too, you know, like around the same time. So I was like battling between which one I even liked better. Sometimes. Right. Well, um, <laughs> so I was dialed in through Carnival, which um, has got uh, take uh, Dave Brubeck, uh, who was the original artist of that uh, Des- Desmond Paul Desmond. Uh, um, take five mm-hmm. uh, is. Let's see here. Uh, take yeah, five take is five. track five, and then uh, Hey Pocky Way is track six, uh, meters cover. So, um, number one, Shenandoah Breakdown. Yes, that's Bill Monroe. Oh, okay, there you go. There you go. That bluegrass, yeah, start you know, yep, that's what I, I liked about him. Black Clouds, another great bluegrass tune. He, uh, you know, Nursey wrote, can't you know, it's just. Yeah, got a good riff. It and does good feel. Uh, Mauna Boa track three. It's got some real mm-hmm. fun, real fun strings on it. One of these has uh, featuring what's his name? Hole, what you got? Oh, right that's there. A, that's a Jimmy Martin tune. Paul McCandless. Remember? Okay, it, it, he 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 was at that show, and he's featured on. I think he might be on this record. He recorded one of the early records with them. Um, but, uh, so Carnival, and then I think I missed one. No, uh, un- I have Round the Bend, Untying the Knot, and then Outside, Inside. Outside and Inside. Great, yeah. great that album. One. That one was like, you could tell they honed it in the studio really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that end- ended up becoming... I wouldn't become a dad until uh, five or six years later, but uh, that's got a track. Uh, I think it's called Sirens, mm-hmm. and the refrain is "I just called to say," and that ended up being one of the my go tos for rocking my daughter as a as a first time father. Yeah. Um, but uh, saw them. Uh, we went out. So uh, good buddies getting married. Uh, co- college buddies getting married in Arizona. No, in Durango go out to, for his wedding in 05 and then um, made a Grand Canyon trip out of it and sort of took our time getting home. But on our way out to Durango, we we, we got tickets to uh, Big Summer Classic. In, I was there. At, in 05 at Red Rocks? I was 07. Oh, sorry. Big Summer Classic at Camp Zoe. Okay. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Um, it was, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we probably partied in town the night before and then went and tried to, you know, at this point now I'm 30 uh, and basically tried to just hang like I was 20, you know, and (laughs) that was not in the, but point being uh, big summer classic was wild. It was eight ish artists across the whole day. and, And cheese was, if they weren't the headliner, they were, darn close to i think it was their festival honestly i think they put Mm -hmm. it on but um i was blown away at you know if you could live in the venue if you could shut off audio and you're only just watching the show from a decent decent way up i was like is that chris carota and the fish crew doing the lighting because it looks identical Mm -hmm. and i had not 
you know, m- most of the gigs that I initially saw them at were, were smaller venues, and they obviously from '98 to '05 grew a bunch. But I was, I was like, this is really morphed uh, into, uh, n- not in a bad way, but I, I did and still do uh, have a, a slight uh, taste in my mouth from feeling like it's. I mean. The, the the not that the rig looks the same but the find the out the product looks the same and the shifts and everything felt mm-hmm. i mean like they were interchangeable and i kind of just remember feeling like you didn't you didn't want to try and do your own thing which is no slight to their music or or, or you know right. anything but but just it was Again, again, it's late in the day after uh, partying all day, thinking I'm 20 years old. So, you know, it's not the clearest, uh, <laughs> yeah. but just spoke, you know, sort of like that. Wow, that there's people out there with cheese bootlegs and people that are traveling to the gorge and Missoula and all of these New Year's. They're doing a New Year's thing. And then all of a sudden here they are at Red Rocks putting it, it's just like, wow, man, I, they that really blew me away to sort of not in real time, but in some kind of presence, watch that sort of unfold and develop. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think they have, um, when they put out something in, they put out a record a few years ago and then another one a few years before that, but it's been a, been a minute now. Yeah. They're all kind of, uh, I know Kyle Hollingsworth is, he's, they all have sort of side project kind of things. Yep. Yep, uh, it seems to be the thing, and then they still, I mean, they're playing a lot of cheese shows. Uh, oh, they're on the road a bunch. They're at Backwoods last weekend. Okay, um, where's that? In Arkansas. Okay, here okay. Springs. Nice. Um, yeah, they're they're phenomenal. Um, I've never uh, looked into it, but why has um, Bill Nershey looked like he's 77 for like the last 30 <laughs> years? Like, did he have some kind of health? <laughs> Because they were like young, they were like my age in college, and then all of a sudden he's just—he looks, you know, generations older than them. I'm like, oh my god! But he still got it right. He hasn't lost a step. He's still he still lost step. He's still hanging in there with the big dogs, right? Yep. Um, there, yeah, so fun, and no, no songwriter, no turnover, really. I mean, Kyle, I think joined after Born on the Wrong Planet, which I think was. Uh-huh. An, an almost necessary addition like the keys adding keys to the mix i know you're a bluegrass guy at heart but i, I love it's cool man like, i love the that's keys the thing that this weekend we're playing with a keys player and i hadn't played with one in a while and like i i should dive back in the electric guitar again you know it's but right been playing the acoustic for so long it's hard to go back and forth i guess yeah <laughs> well um, not necessarily, but it's, but it's, uh, um, and it's a thing, it's like anything you got to get the repetition down to go yeah. going back and forth. And once you do that enough times, it'll start to feel like everything else you're comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we stay in 2000. Um, we have had people pick, we've had rift, we have had hoist, We've had Junta, we've had Live in Brooklyn, um, and now we have Farmhouse. Um, thank you very much for choosing that. <laughs> yeah. um, so I remember 
uh, I'm, I'm back. I moved back in March of 2000. This came out in May and I was, I was doing some restaurant work in the evening and, uh, working with my dad during the daytime. Uh, and, uh, we made a special trip to street side in Westport the day that this came out. So I could, I'm still buying cassettes in the year 2000. Um, but, uh, very much this. So this was, um, let's see here. Their f- fifth album that they put out once I was aware of them. Right. So, uh, Junta through rift, like I didn't know, like I discovered them shortly after rift came out, but for, uh, hoist and Billy breeze and, uh, story of the ghost and sick at disc and everything after that. Um, I was, like aware of the release date and getting the record on the day it came out and um farmhouse uh might be my all-time release day purchase of all time because i didn't really know what to expect then you know there Mm -hmm. were no like uh i mean there's always been singles but it wasn't like at least in my understanding it wasn't like singles would be available or or necessarily heard uh or available in a in in a bunch of different settings so i i mean probably had heard a song or two live but for the most part the whole thing was a surprise and what a record yeah i mean the title track obviously is good it was fantastic twist um i still play bug nice i I like the little the line to it yeah you know the little lick the g the f lick (laughs) And it's easy to do. We're, we're going to play back on the train this weekend. And, nice. And Heavy heavy Things is like one of those so I mean, the solo that he created on that album, like, I couldn't even begin to, like, try to try to do it myself. Try, try to get close, but it's it's hard. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just got good flow and movement. Oh, uh, uh, approaching the solo yeah. and coming out of it and everything in between. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things, I don't even know if I still, if I have know exactly, but I mean, um, you know, there's sort of this build up, right? And, and all of a sudden you start getting like this wood block or this like clappy sound. And it's not, in, not exactly clear what it is, but as you're trying to figure that out, then they kind of bring in the the whoa background vocals and there's just such a full sound spectrum happening that sort of all begins with that yeah uh lead into the solo that i mean and then they to close it out you know it just works his way i mean it's fantastic yeah it it was very well done you know and and that's does what i was like whoa like you know obviously before then i listened to more of their live stuff right Right. What uh, what's the runtime on back on the train? Is it like three o five or something like that? Yeah, three o two. Three o two. And so, I mean, if you think about three, how long they play it now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, there's some movements in and out of changes that are probably familiar muscle memory kind of things for them. But there's also uh, a vacuum in there where they can 
kind of wander a little mm -hmm. bit, which of course they're extremely gifted at doing. Um, but it, uh, for me, it's one of uh, it's a it's a standout jam vehicle in that uh, they can sort of seamlessly step outside of the song and then return back to it. And not not that they always finish it the same way, but finish it with that. And it's it's always such a fulfilling thing to me. They've it's worked like, together so long; they just know they can play and improvise forever. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't uh, listened to even a minute of uh, the West Coast run that just sort of wrapped up. But I've seen some jam bass, you know, headlines like uh, forty three minute tweezer or something. I'm like fucking seriously you know like that is uh <laughs> mind-blowing like uh -huh. that that's uh you know you say forever facetiously but i mean uh i don't know i don't know what uh, tweezers studio runtime was but probably six somewhere seven eight minutes maybe nine i don't even some, know somewhere in there shorter than that um it's the reprise is always <laughs> what i listen to more often uh absolutely yeah um because it's been such a such an amazing thing to to experience live i mean right. it's, it's fun studio too but let's see picture of nectar all right and so tweezer 842 842. 8.42 runtime and, you know, as recent as last week or 10 days ago, they're 43 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, was that the whole set? I mean, That's it? Yeah. But. You're like, thank you, folks. Mm -hmm. Come again. Um, so this is uh, their ninth of 16. If you include last year's Get More Down, which I'm not sure I do yet. Um, have you listened to it? No, I haven't. Not at all. Mm -mm. Did you know about no. it? Actually, I don't think so. Okay. So I don't remember how or why uh, I came across it, but when I did, and it was fairly recently. When I did, I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like I, I remember, uh -huh. I probably saw a tweet or I a... probably because I get emails from them. Okay. I, yeah. You know, I probably saw it on my email. Um, list, and I was like, eh. I was like, right. <laughs> didn't jump. I mean, I've been so busy. Like, I, and, yes. And I, and I don't listen to music like I, the same way I used to. I mean, I'm sure. guilty as everybody else, like Spotify. Yeah. Well, it's really my main, um, when I'm riding around and Sigma Oasis, uh, was a COVID release, which for me was a surprise. It was like, hey, new album tomorrow. And I was like, excuse me? And then it came out. And I was like, this is fucking spectacular. Uh, and something I didn't know I needed. Uh, perfect mix for me of a uh, couple tunes that I had seen live and then a uh, couple tunes I'd never heard before. Yeah. Um, so when I saw Get More Down and was reminded that it had come out. I was like, Oh my God, I totally saw that and never like, I'm ashamed as a fan that I didn't even like, you know, set an alarm for later that night after the kids. And so when that experience happened, I put it on and I was like, I don't think I like this. Uh, like, 
yeah, but it's different. You know, it's but. it's way different. Like um, I remember when Kaz Vox, Voxed. Have you listened to that? No. No. Um, okay, so a few years. I mean, it's pre-COVID, but um, you know, everybody. It's fall tour, and people are like trying to crack the code and find out what the Halloween album's going to be. And so they end up uh, doing this album called Cosvot Foxed. Um, okay. uh, and it's. <coughs> they literally hired people to create. Um, and, and the record is called I Rock. And it's spelled like with a K or something weird. But it's all like. Um, it's not Eastern Bloc, but it's like maybe Scandinavian. Okay. Um, so they created this um, fake internet presence of this band called Cosfot Fox that was like a 1980s uh, hit from Norway or something like that. I mean, um, and it had all that information out there and it was all a hoax. It was all a joke. It's really just them. Yeah. And, and, but, but it's got, um, I mean, some tracks I would think, you would know, like, uh, Say It To Me Santos. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. If I can remember how to spell it. There it is. Cosfot Fox, I Rock, R-O-K-K. So Turtle in the Clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we Are Come to Outlive Our Brains. Um uh, say it to me, Santos, the final hurrah, um, cool Amber and Mercury. I mean, so they do this whole, and then, you know, it's, it's like, uh, just this sort of this tongue in cheek, like, haha, it's, we're not covering somebody else's album. It's just our new album. Um, but that album is good. It's, 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 I like it a lot. Okay. It's got a lot of really good spots. Yeah. You have to send me that. Yeah. Um, or I'll, it up yeah so. <laughs> uh and then sigma oasis um i i love every track i'm not the biggest fan of the last track uh whose name is escaping me right now Bread. yes but every other track on there is phenomenal and just be so again mm-hmm. surprise uh announcement and ended up being you know uh, something i didn't know i needed as i said a fantastic record so to go back and to listen to get more down i I was like i don't know what what you're doing like um this all feels um intentionally clunky and atonal and uh maybe maybe like a fine wine with age and uh, repeat listens. I'll develop a really, but first listen, I was like, this can't end soon enough. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> okay. tell, like, uh, I'm interested now. Yeah. Um, I want to listen to it. I, and I, so I, th- that, that had that experience like two or three months ago and I haven't gone back. I'll go back eventually. I haven't yet though. Probably cause I'm scared that I'm, eventually like it. i'm eventually gonna decide that i don't like it and i there are not very many things under the fish umbrella that i don't fully love you know yeah uh, so i i don't want to change now and start being like well these are the fish things that i don't like 
Um, but anyway, um, so nine of sixteen. Um, I know you, you said that you in high school you discovered the dead and string cheese and fish, but if you could sort of take me to your discovery of fish and 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 bring me up to today, like some some of the key experiences or memories or shows or oh yeah i was just uh listening to fish and on on a road trip you know when i remember first driving out to colorado okay. when I was a teenager okay and not even ever going to any of their shows i just enjoyed the music yeah you know um and then when i was able to go to the shows i yeah, I mean, I made me want to play guitar. Right. <laughs> what do you remember? What your first first show of theirs was? A fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first show of fish was. So I didn't make it in '03 when they went to Bonner Springs. I was in high school then. Okay, but I didn't go. So they broke up in '04. Mm-hmm. And they came back in 2009, mm-hmm. and that's when I saw them at the Fox, uh, Red Rocks, in the Gorge. Okay. Uh, the Fox is in... St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it at Starlight here in town a couple times. Sure. Um, Festival 8. Okay. And that's... Really, it. I, I had some opportunities to go to Alpine and uh, Madison Square Gardens. I just never made that happen. Right. You know, money, time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've done. Being a crazy fish kid on lot, probably not the best thing for me all the time. Right. <laughs> um, I've seen not most that, uh, most not of that. I call myself a fish kid. Right. Which I think is important. To you know, to admit, because uh, usually in my experience, if you hear those words together, it's somebody speaking you know negatively. Oh, fucking fish kid over there. Um, so let's see. I saw most of my shows are um, Kansas, Missouri, Colorado. You know, make up, but I've seen the, the, a number of spots uh, elsewhere. Um, you know, saw them at Shoreline, saw them in Arizona, New Mexico. Um, we both dicks, obviously. Dicks, yeah. yeah. But uh, I did a four-night New Year's run in Miami. Uh, I did get into uh, Baker's Dozen shows. Um, saw two nights at Deer Creek and two nights at Alpine, and those that's for the most part, that's just, that's where. But then again, the rest, you know, um, and uh, you know, uh, there was uh, it's still something of a mystery to me. I don't know exactly what happened, but I totally missed that um, round room and undermined had come out at all. Um, which were, I believe, 2002 and 2004. Yeah, and mine was great. It was some time around, you know, like making plans to go out to that wedding in the Grand Canyon and, and Big Summer Class. I don't know what I was doing, but all of a sudden I realized that 
Fish yeah. had put out two records that I had completely missed, and I went and got them, you know, from a used CD store that day. Um, and Undermind is great. Round Room, in my opinion, is not. Um, but there are a lot of people in Facebook fish groups that really like it, and yeah. you know, t- teaches his or her own, of course. But uh, that was an interesting time for them. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least um but but you know um they they continue to be you know one a in in my mind and my heart and uh i'm i'm most days of the week uh grateful you know happy that they are healthy as a unit and still yeah. interested in yep still interested still doing it friends and you know that's what it's all about yeah absolutely you know, having fun i'm sure they're still i mean god the size of the shows yeah they're you know they're having fun but yeah it's just uh yeah it's good it's, it's rare yeah very rare very rare mm-hmm. um so you know I talked a little bit about uh, sort of having that discipline early on in the uh, instrument playing career or life. Um, Excuse me. Bless you. Um, Were there any obstacles or challenges for you that you sort of had to, you know, recognize as that and then overcome to, to get to where you are today, gigging and recording and. Uh, yeah, repetition as far as singing and leading songs is difficult. Um, so you're cut from yeah. a cloth that can sing and play at the same time. Yeah, so that's a yeah, that's why that's like a whole other thing. I mean, singing and playing are you're born with whatever level of skill and talent, and then you you develop via repetition. But to do them at the same time, like I don't have that brain. You know, I mean, it's to me, it's a whole other level of craft and intelligence that I don't think everybody's born with. Um, so has that been something that you've came easily at any stage along the way or that you've developed via repetition or how, how has that been for you? Uh, yeah, I guess it kind of developed um, and finding my voice had to develop too because i couldn't sing at all like hardly really i mean but yeah you know i just kept playing um when i joined that reggae band i didn't have to sing lead so i could like sing harmonies nice i mean but i wasn't very good at i'm still not good like harmonies isn't my thing that's why i'm like more of a lead singer now okay so i i know kind of my strengths as far as that goes uh that's just kind of what you have to do. Like just realize what your strengths are and kind of stick to it. You know, my, my leads have gotten a lot better, but I still have a lot of work to do. Okay. Yeah. Like taking good solo leads. Yeah. There's but, Kleenex over there if you need to oh, grab one. I appreciate it. <clears throat> I'm good for the moment. Okay. Um, so having, you know, sort of come along the path that you've come as a musician and, 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 honing your craft and being in the different lanes of musicianship and, and vocals that you've been in, uh, any message 
to startup musicians or even a seasoned vet that's finding themselves struggling to stay focused or find focus or yeah i mean i i guess just keep keep trying to sound like uh the artist that you want to sound like right you know try to focus on that and you'll get there nice it's just have to keep working at it right and it eventually happens right takes a long time takes years Malcolm Gladwell famously said 10,000 hours, you know, for whatever your thing is. Musician, athlete, seamstress, you know, author, you got to put in the, put in the reps. Yeah. You got to put in the reps and, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult these days because now being a musician kind of means being on the computer a little bit more than I think it used to be. Uh Uh-huh. And so that kind of takes, I think, away from a lot of it because you don't, you don't have time to promote and get things right. going all the time, and then performing, putting together set lists, bringing in new musicians. It's just like it's so much that it's just overbearing most of the time. I had you know. uh, somewhere in the early '40s, uh, Kadesh Flow. The local uh, rapper trombonist. Uh, he came into an episode and uh, he plays um, down at the ship. Uh, I mean, he plays in a bunch of different outfits, um, but he plays. Um, God, what is the name of their band? Um, it's Brad Buckner's. Uh, he, he's kind of the dude behind it. He did an episode too. Um, episode 21 <clears throat> back yeah. in, back in June. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, they have, uh, they have a Tiki brawlers is their, their ska outfit. Um, and that maybe Casey green might be the name of the, anyway. Uh, so he, when Kadesh was here, uh, he spoke to that very thing, uh, about, you know, whether you've kind of just always done it off the cuff and one step at a time, or you've had a, uh, a lens through which you look at your week as a musician or your month or whatever it is. And he talked about having to very recently, uh, you know, sort of shake the etch a sketch on that week look or that month look and, and cut stuff out so that he could insert time for, digital stuff social uh, media yeah. bo- booking uh just interact i don't know interacting with s- studios uh all of those and he was like i hate it because i would much rather be you know gigging or rehearsing or practicing or whatever but it's absolutely necessary for me to go from the step that i'm at right now to the next step and i was like i i mean i kind of think that yeah. if you're not if you don't have at least some level of mindfulness of the necessity of that, then I mean, you, you might be left behind, yeah. you know, um, no, absolutely. Or somebody has to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, that's think about it a lot more and it's not what you want to do, right. but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> Getting married this fall. Congratulations again. Yeah. Uh, gigging in two outfits. 
looking to record a full length record. Yep. Uh, playing festivals. Um, yeah. Which is a lot. I don't mean to list all that to say that it's not because it is. But I'm curious uh, if you have other uh, personal and and or professional uh, long term goals that are kind of not maybe not right at the forefront right now, but kicking around back there somewhere. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, my fiance and I have talked about moving. Okay. Not now. We're not right now. Right. Because we love. I love Kansas City. We're sure. staying here. Like. But we've talked about going like to Durango. Just okay. Brought that up. Uh, just love it down there. Yeah. Love the vibe. It's such good bluegrass country. Absolutely. Uh, go skiing. Yeah. More active. Um, you know, I I've, I've been in Kansas City for so long. I I love it so much. But I I just need to see other parts of the country. Yeah. Live, live in other parts. Yes. Yeah. You know? Um. I mean, it's it's that's a goal. I I. I I mean, I've I've wanted to live in Nashville for a long time, just to go out there and just pick with those crazy people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I do. I want to live. I want to live in Nashville for like two years, just well, for fun. I bet that you, you know? could have if you did that. If you lived there for two years, I bet you could have a very uh, admirable mix of uh, you know x amount of time is spent at your craft, and then there's another pocket of time where you're going out and experiencing the city seeing yeah. shows eating the food you know seeing the sights yeah. i mean it sounds I like it would be kind of a, yeah a fun idea you know yeah meet new people and new experiences new mindsets right right you know. durango and so, nashville durango nashville yeah i like that idea Montana's not a bad idea. Sure. My fiance lived there for a while. And she okay. Loves, she loves the idea of Bozeman. Bozeman. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, Montana and, and I don't want to say like all of Colorado, but for sure Durango, that area, I mean, probably a lot of like minded. Durango to Ray. That's yeah. a million dollar highway. Yes. I mean, yeah, can cool. you get any better than no, that? No, no. I've driven it once and it was in the winter and I was pulling my trailer. And five fifty. Holy moly! Couple, I didn't realize death is very near if you're not very careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So. Um. Okay. Uh. Complete this sentence for me, please. The world could become a better place to live in starting tomorrow if only we stopped using plastic fascinating uh i was having a conversation today with uh a colleague uh we both sell to restaurants and hotels and schools and um she called me because she wanted to know if i had ever seen uh or heard of um this plastic uh substitute for uh corn husks or banana mm-hmm. leaves when it comes to making tamales. And I was like, no, not at all. And she's like, I was just at a place that has them and used them. They used to buy them from this company and blah, blah, blah. And it's textured, plastic, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she just wanted to know if I'd come across. I was like, no, I've never heard of that before in my life. That sounds absolutely crazy. Um, and she said, uh, well, you know, I was reading, listening to this thing the other day that talks about all the kinds of 
uh, levels of plastic that are already in our blood, you know? And so Mm -hmm. does it really matter? And I was like, well, yeah, uh, I'm not concerned if, if that's true. And there is plastic in all of our blood. I'm not, that's not the part that I'm concerned about. The part of it I'm concerned about is the earth, the world, the planet that we will leave behind when when we're done with our bodies and we no longer care about what's in our blood. You know, we can't just keep harvesting from the earth to make plastic to then dump it back into it. At some point, it feels like the wheels come off and everything. So that's why we care about plastic. So, I mean... They care about plastic because it keeps things sealed for a long time. Well, you're just going to have to, like, use... I don't know, fresher products. Yeah. You have to eat, you know, you can't seal it for six months. Right. Whatever the issue. I mean, no more Lunchables. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, Lunchables. Crazy. I mean, you you buy bacon at a butcher shop and they hand it to you in a paper wrapper. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they have the big factories that make the Cryovac, yeah. They cryovac it. I mean, I don't know the answer, but it seems like it's pretty pretty simple if there's been so many issues so yeah prob- i mean it's it's a right there yeah it's great like, everybody <laughs> bacon is crazy i mean i i remember crazy good it is crazy good but i remember <laughs> when i started this job going through training and we had a bit on bacon one day and and one of the guys said uh uh now when you think of bacon as a price by the pound thing you can't use your uh, your grocery store experience as a as a point of reference because those packages aren't a pound. And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, they're all pretty pretty much they're all twelve ounces." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I've been okay. <laughs> I've been buying no meaning meaning I've been you know an adult who pays bills and buys groceries for some time at this." point when i when i heard him say this and so i immediately picture you know all the shelves in the bacon section and all the bin tags with the price points and i've always thought okay 7.99 pound six nine no there's not a pound in there so it's actually more per pound than what you're seeing <clears throat> that was unless just you a, go to the butcher unless you go to the butcher yeah less plastic get you a pound <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, I used to live by the local pig. Okay. And, oh my, I mean, they'd have like miso honey bacon all this like delicious stuff. Wow. It's it's like just as affordable as the store. Yeah. Um. So. So good. Back to your gigs. We love our meat here in the Midwest. We, and potatoes in our uh, large serving sizes yes, sometimes sir. too. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, so like I said, I usually, uh, new episodes come out every Thursday, a new episode comes out every Thursday. If we put this one out on Thursday, May 4th, then the following day, Friday, May 5th, you have a gig. We have a gig. We're also going to be at, uh, KKFI, I think 10 a.m. or 1030 in the morning. We're going to play some songs and promote Lemonade Park and... Kind of get ourselves out there a little more. Very cool. Yep. Friday morning, the fifth, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. May 5th, you'll be at KKFI yep. promoting. And then the gig is that evening at Lemonade Park, which is... 
where exactly? It's 1638 Wyoming Street in the West Bottoms. West Bottoms. Okay. So okay. if you know, it's con- Not far from the, your venue spot. Nope. Stockyards across the street. Okay. And Voltaire is a restaurant that's connected to it. So mm-hmm. people go there and have dinner first and uh, watch a live show outside. It's the first uh, show of the year there. It's an outdoor venue. Very fun. So hoping to have a good turnout. Yeah. What uh, is We got the... another band opening for us out of Eureka Springs, Arkansas called Front Porch. Okay. Have you checked them out? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm friends with them. I've seen them play. Nice. They're good. Good stuff. Yeah. Talented so musicians. is the venue, what is the venue doing promotion wise? Oh, uh, they've, they're connected with uh, record bar. So okay. it's their outdoor venue. Oh, nice. Uh, so they're, I've seen them put out stuff on like jam bass and bands in town. Cool. Uh, what else are they doing? I think they just mainly just stick on their social medias. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, get in the algorithms and somehow it ends up working. I mean, yep. Um, yep. that's super fun. So hopefully we have a good turnout. I have a lot of friends uh, down the West Bottoms that come down to stockyards and, you know, good good family, good good amount of people that hopefully show up. Right. So. Um, okay. So. Uh, if I want to know more about Whiskey Mash, the best place for me to go is... WhiskeyMashBand.com. WhiskeyMashBand.com. Um, yep, we also have Facebook, uh, Instagram, but there, and of course that'll link you to any music that you want to listen to. Right, or, nice. Our six songs are on Spotify yeah, yeah. or Apple Music, The single YouTube. and the EP, okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, so we can find out info there and then, uh, uh, if, if we come see you live, we can get merch yep. usually. Uh, and then yeah, I'm hoping to have merch online soon. Okay. It's, uh, a new site cause I was running it through my solo site for a while. Right. And now it's neat. It was to the point where it needed, it's <laughs> right. needed my own website. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what about uh, helping friendly grass band? Uh, that's not really uh, something I've been focusing on. Um, my buddies Dan and Dustin kind of spearheaded the project. Okay. Okay. And I've just been playing along with them. Sure. So it's we're not really promoting it and just playing a few shows a year. Okay. Um, but when shows do crop up, like your Facebook page, there's a, there's a Facebook page. I'll put it on mine. Okay. okay. Um, so the helping friendly grasp band. actually does have a page. We actually do. Yeah. We okay. have a Facebook page. Cool. Very cool. Yep. Um, and, uh, mostly fish covers and covers that fish does. Yep. Correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, very cool. Um, any other, uh, things to plug? that we might be forgetting uh you know i i think uh we're playing a few festivals so we got uh strings on the kings coming up and uh eureka springs on memorial day weekend will be a fun one it's a floating festival so oh wow fl- uh, people can go down there and do a little fives eight mile float okay come back to the festival uh weston is putting on their first annual music festival seriously at on june 3rd nice and they're looking for sponsors okay um 
And then we're doing Lovegrass, August 11th, 12th. And then Caw Valley or Caw River Roots Festival in Lawrence. Where was the last one? Love? Lovegrass. Lovegrass. Where's that? That's at Wilson Lake. Okay. So about four hours down 70. Okay. Gotcha. Middle of Kansas. And then, um, and then it's got a good at, it's got a fireside collective, Arkansas and uh, front porch. The man we're playing with, it's going to be there. Yeah. 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 You mentioned grass festival. Cool. Um, right on man. Um, yeah, so we got some stuff coming up and, um, just wanted to mention that and yeah, hopefully, uh, get invited to more festivals next year. Right. Yeah. Um, That's and the, if you had to take your best guess, uh, when do you think the studio project would be out and available? Is that like a well, year? Um, I would like to have it done by this summer, but I this don't, coming I, summer, I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I want to, yeah. It sounds like, done by then. Sounds like you have a lot already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Squeezing an album. Well, it's kind of important. Yeah, absolutely. To keep the music on yeah. Spotify. It's either that or I don't want to keep I don't want to keep doing singles as of right now. I will. Right. Um, but I like the idea of creating albums and Did the EP have uh cover art? Yeah. And where did it come from? Uh a fellow named eric bachman okay he, uh basically met him at stockyards nice yep very cool and he yep. did something uh digitally he, or he drew it out on on a beverage napkin on a not a beverage napkin <laughs> joking <laughs> i know uh that's pretty good now he uh I, I don't know if he stenciled it or colored penciled cool but it's it's cool artwork nice we, we took an image of parkville because that's my title track okay so um and then he kind of stenciled it and added mountains and just made it nice made it look almost kind of like carnival 899 like, okay yeah like yeah. that was kind of like the vibe i was going for and okay he like nailed it cool now uh, do you but, think you would go a different direction or, or go back to him for the full length I, maybe maybe yeah Right. Yeah. No, you did a good job. Cool. Um, yeah. So on our album, uh, it's called "Warm Summer Day" or EP. Mm-hmm. Um, our first track is Parkville, obviously. Um, and then it goes into. Oh man, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> so it goes Parkville. Third song I know is Snowfall. Here, let me look at my track yeah. real quick. Yeah, please. Forgot about this one and on to the next. Right. As they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think about it much anymore. But yeah, so we put out Winfield Bound, obviously, in 2021. That was the then, single. That was the single. Okay. And then Warm Summer Day went Parkville, Warm Summer Day, which was a song for my fiance. I wrote for her. Nice. And Snowfall was an instrumental. Um, Sunny Tennessee. It's about a road trip I took out to obviously Nashville. <laughs> and then Pour Me Around um, is the last song. And you can hear uh, the crowd of Stockyards at the end of it. Oh, fun. And my, my fiance and I, I kind of co-wrote it. 
Okay. So we went back and forth on the lines. And, cool. Um, um, and made it what it is. You know, it's like just a pure drinking song. But this EP with those tracks has roughly five musicians playing. Yep. Okay. Five. And so, you know, uh, you wrote, correct me please if I'm wrong, wrote them and, and, and shared them with the other musicians and then they just kind of yep. filled in their spots? Or did you say, I think what you should do here is X? Uh, no, everybody just did their own thing. Okay. Um, that's and no toes, how, that's no toes were how, stepped on. If anything, I'm getting coached more than anything. Oh, okay. Uh, and you're open to that. Yeah. Cool. Because um, James is James Albright. He kind of coached me on when to come in, and and also the banjo. Like he had a lot of lines where he was like, "All right, don't come in precisely like a stereotypical on the one," you know. Right. So it's fascinating. It's just like. It was cool to kind of step back and see that and be a part of the studio process. Awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. I wish I could spend more time there. Sure. Know? Like, it's just. Right? Yeah. Money. Right. <laughs> uh, did uh, the Smithville one set you back, or was that sort of like a. No. He, okay. He's affordable. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, okay. His time is valuable, though. So, I, you know. Whose who's, who's isn't? Yep. I don't, I mean, yep. kids so, that still live at home, I guess. Even even them, I don't yep. even. Yeah, kids are, yeah, kids are, his kids, I think, still live there. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, so uh, check out uh, Billy Brady and the Whiskey Mash Band. Uh, keep your ears peeled for uh, helping friendly uh, grass band gigs that might crop up. But for sure, uh, Friday, May, tomorrow, uh, May 5th, uh, tune into KKFI in the morning and uh, catch the Whiskey right. Mash Band in the evening at Lemonade Park. Um, tickets, I'm assuming, can be purchased. Yep, LemonadePark.com. On, online or prob- yeah. probably you there. You can get on the record bar there at the venue. Yeah, day of our... It's connected to Voltaire, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. you have to go in there. Okay, because okay. it's uh, typically not open. I mean, they only do live performances like on weekends now during the summer. Okay, so it's kind of a limited showcase. Interesting. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so very much uh, for giving me some of your evening and coming to do yeah. this. Thank you. Um, if you find yourself in conversations with anybody uh that would be interested in doing the same uh i'm always looking for folks yeah uh so please keep me in mind and feel free to share my yeah you can bring one of my, one of the other bandmates up right i'd yeah. love to yeah. anybody that wants to do it <laughs> yeah, um cool. i'm i'm about what are we in april so i'm uh, the thing has been sort of alive and breathing for six, about a year and a half, 16 months, 18 months, somewhere in there. And, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I'm, I've, I'm about out of people <laughs> that I have, you know, know. And, yeah. Um, you mainly focus in Kansas city area. Well, only cause I don't want to do virtual. Yeah. I want right. they, them yeah. to be, no. 
uh, and I'm not to a spot yet where I could fly somebody. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I probably won't be for a long time, but that's yeah. okay. Uh, in the meantime, I know baby steps, baby steps exactly. Yep. Uh, keep sort of just trying to grassroots work the thing. And when mm-hmm. I meet somebody, hopefully they can send me somebody else and so on and so forth. But um, anyway, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to seeing you hopefully more than once this summer and, yeah, come on out to show. Love to. Yeah. Appreciate you. Cool, man. Thanks. Good to meet you. <laughs>